Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now... Over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, which is brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the membership program for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while also launch and grow a successful podcast so they can make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says the best intentions require intentional action. And joining me on today's show is Grant Botmer. Grant, he is a husband, he is a dad, he is an author, a keynote speaker, an entrepreneur, a loan originator, an insurance agent, investment advisor, sports enthusiast, and big Cubs fan. And he's a native of Arizona and he grew up on a dairy farm in Bacchae. Now, Grant attended Arizona Christian University, majoring in business administration and Christian ministries. And he's been working Working in personal finance since he was 15. He loves his job because of the impact that he makes and he helps people through finances. Now, he and his wife currently live in Gilbert, Arizona with their three children, Cambria, Parker and Alini. And they attend Sun Valley Community Church and enjoy serving in the children's ministry. Now, on today's show specifically, Grant is going to share how we are created by God to contribute. He's going to talk about how your business is the greatest asset or the greatest ministry opportunity in our society, as well as his book, Work Life Harmony, which is about creating work life home life harmony that we desire without being shamed for working too much and all of that conversation we're having today. So welcome to the show, Grant. Yeah, thank you so much for the kind introduction. I'm excited to talk. He's been involved in the area of uh, finances, personal finance, since 15 years old. Wow, that that is quite a history there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a funny story. I was going to a high school where they had a job fair for Discover Card, which is a credit card company. And uh, for me, it was like, hey, well, it's a job fair. I can get out of class. So I don't have to go to class and I can go to the job fair. And I guess uh, during the job fair, I said a few things that they appreciated. So by the time I got home, there was a message on the answer machine uh, for my father where they had asked if it, for his permission for me to come work for them. So that's kind of how it all got started. Yeah, and you never looked back since. It's interesting too, um, in the introduction, we said that you grew up on a dairy farm. And uh, for those people who have, I mean, I've had a number of friends who were also brought up in the farming industry and they're working the farm from a very young age. So work and getting up and contributing is just a part of life, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm the middle of seven kids and my older brothers and sisters, uh, they, they did probably most of the heavy lifting and the working, but I was there and I was around and I got to watch my dad. I got to watch my mom, uh, watch my older brothers and sisters 
do just that, make work a, p- a part of their life. And uh, that's one of the big things that influenced my thoughts about work as I continue to dive into God's word and, and work on my own uh, to see that, yeah, not work was not only just a part of life, but it's an opportunity to worship the Lord, which is beautiful. Yeah, it is. And and I know we're going to dive in a deep, deeper to that today because unfortunately, I think sometimes, um, well, with, with a lot of things, isn't it? There's, there's there's real opportunities for learning, but then there's unfortunately a mis- misinterpretation of certain things. And as we know in, in various Bible verses, our work can become a, a, a way that we can worship the Lord, you know, work for the Lord um, as as your master. And, um, and for those of us who do love the work that we do in, in the introduction, this is an area that I know that you're very passionate about, that you can help people in that area. Similarly, with others who are watching and listening, the recording, the area that they're in their business, they're able to contribute. And when we think that we're being able to work for the Lord too, bringing our best, bringing excellence is something that, um, yeah, is exciting. So let's talk about, you say, we are created by God to contribute. Share a bit more about this, Grant. Yeah, I think a a misnomer or myth that we believe is that work is something we have to do because of sin. We sinned, there was the fall, and now we have to work. But the order of that is actually backwards. God created Adam and Eve to contribute and to toil and to actually work the ground and, and to be there in the garden working as a way of worshiping him. And then sin happened. So then that means work stinks. <laughs> uh, so we were actually created to contribute. And, and that's the reason why there are times when we work in our careers and our jobs or even just in the backyard where we get this amazing sense of, of accomplishment or joy. Uh, there's these moments that while we're working, it's like, wow, I really enjoy this. I like this because at some level you're doing what God created you to do. We were created to contribute. And I think it's important that people understand that fact before we move forward in the rest of the conversation of how can we make work worship? Yes. You know, what's interesting about that? I mean, previously, and I've mentioned this a, a number of times, I, I'm sure on this podcast too, I was in the career industry. So one of my roles was to enable people to find out, you know, what makes them tick, what jobs, what activities really motivated people. And it's surprising. And even today that there are many people working in a role that they just don't like. It doesn't tap mm-hmm. into their skills and, and uh, just strengths and abilities. Isn't it interesting when you think about the work that you do, when you align it with the the things that motivates you, the topics that you're passionate about, you really can enjoy your work. I I cannot imagine going to work and doing something. I mean, there's certain tasks that obviously you may not get all excited about, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about feeling um, that you've contributed, you know, you've done a a good day's work and and, um, you, you can really, there's a sense of real contribution in that. I can't imagine that people would not have that in their work. What about you? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it can go even deeper than that. What you're talking about is a lot of the motivation for why I wrote my book. So Mm -hmm. often uh, people are talking about this theme of work-life balance. And most of the advice that's out there is basically just stop working so much. But I don't like that advice because, again, I, I enjoy working and, and I feel like I'm, I'm good at it. But more importantly, I believe God created me, as we've said, to contribute. And yes. it's a way for me to intentionally worship the Lord, specifically when I'm doing work that makes an impact on somebody else. 
And for me, through business, fundamentally, businesses don't exist unless they're serving somebody somewhere. People think that business is all about profit. No, that's actually a byproduct or reaction to serving somebody somewhere through a product or mm -hmm. service. Yes. And if we're doing that well and we're focusing on others and making a real impact on other people through the work that we do, wow, what an amazing sense of accomplishment we can get. But how often can we do that then and connect to the real reason why God created us to contribute? And that is make a contribution in other people's lives. Yeah, because there's certain gifts and talents that each of us have and experiences that, um, you know, when we collaborate with others, when we contribute that expertise, that can make an impact in an area of the community, in individuals' oh, yeah. lives, in a, you know, the, the, the community as, as a whole. And uh, when, you've, when you've done research then for your book, was it surprising to for, to you to identify that there are still people who think of work as something that we have to do because of sin? Surely not. Yeah, yeah. And, there and, was. Oh yeah, that people were were thinking not only is this something that I have to do, you know, and, and, and work just stinks and I'm either, you know, just depressed or sad and it's just, oh, here I go. I got to go to work. Sorry, kids. See you later. But not only that, but some people on the opposite end of the spectrum who did like going to work kind of felt this shame, this this shame that uh, they enjoyed work and they enjoyed going to work and, and this other warring end of the balance of their home life, they felt like that was wrong, like they couldn't do that because this work-life balance thing has been preached at them for so long. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I, I espouse something different. I espouse communicating to your team, your family, that the work you do does make an impact on other people. And you tell the stories of the impact that's being made and you share with them the impact that's being made. And, and more importantly, the work that they did in support of you to make that impact. Because here's the truth. My kids are a huge part of any positive impact that I'm able to make at my place of employment. Because my son, when he asked me, hey, dad, how was your day? Sure, it's that. But it's also the things that he does when he makes me smile or when he works to try to make the house a, a better place because of the things he's doing, right? And when we're all on the same team and we're all trying to make this impact through the work that we're doing, it invites them into that work that you do and now kind of unifies the home. And that's what helps create some of that harmony. Yeah. I think what you just said there is really around that whole communication piece, isn't it? And mm -hmm. we need to be reminded as well that there is an enemy who wants to keep us from either contributing um, our expertise in that way, or if we do enjoy it, he can get us in other ways where we do feel that shame or that guilt or I'm there working too much. What would you say then to someone? Because this is something that I, I know many women also struggle with, maybe not even in their own businesses, but if they're working, I really need to be at home and things like that. And so it's, I've, you know, always learned, thankfully, through mentors that I have had is that when you're at work, be at work and give it all of the best that you can. And when you're at home, do that too and be the best that you can be um, and, you know, have those clear boundaries, have those open lines of communication with your family as well, which I think is very important. But what are some of the things that you've learned and insights that you can share around that? Because I think this is something that many people do struggle with. Yeah, what you just said about communication is huge. And I would say the part that we need to focus on is the invitation 
of our family into work through the communication. And a a tip that I give in, in the book is what I call the ideal year calendar. And this is a communication tool that helps set expectations for my family, but also allows me to look in the mirror to see, wow, am, am I working too much, right? Or do I have that shame or guilt? And the ideal year calendar just basically is, is this. You look at the year ahead, and you determine a handful of priorities that are going on in your life. You understand when there's going to be busy seasons and work, and you kind of outline those on that year calendar. You understand when there might be slower seasons, and you, you outline those as well. But then you also have other priorities. So for me personally, I'm always going to go on an anniversary trip with my wife. So, so we write down when or around that's going to be happening. I like to do a birthday trip with each of my kids. So one kid gets to go with daddy to, to this to a place and we get to focus on one another and have quality time with each other. We look at other seasons and different things that are happening in our life and kind of outline what we would like our year ideally to be lived out. Now, we don't put any specific dates or times or anything like that. It's just an idea of how we want it to be lived out. And at that point, I can communicate to my family, hey, not only do we have a busy season happening here, but here's the purpose of that busy season. Typically, this is the impact that can be made through the work that's being done. And and when I'm in that busy season, I'm going to really need your support and love maybe more than than ever before. And these are ways that, that we can do that. But good news, when the busy season is is down and, and there's a slower season, we have the opportunity to spend a little bit more time with each other. And that's going to allow us to go on this birthday trip together or to spend extra family time by doing this over here. And, and it allows you, again, to, to not only set the expectations for the family, but for you to kind of look in the mirror and say, hmm, am I including the people that are important to me in the ideal year that, that I want to live out? That's a tool that really helps me in my communication with my family, but more importantly, connects them and invites them into the mission and the impact that's being made through work. Yeah, that is so cool. Reason being is that we do that at work, don't we, with our team members? Why wouldn't we do that with our, as you say, your team members at at home? And yeah. I think it's the, one of the greatest lessons and gifts that you could give your children growing up too because there is such, um, yeah, when just the thing, well, I was going to say character building, but, you know, setting goals and things. And if they allow, if, if they're allowed to go on the journey, they can see certain things growing as well. It's exciting, isn't it? And that's yeah, just the business, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it helps them be like forward thinking. thinking. Yeah, yeah. They, they can think about, they see, oh, daddy and mommy are forward thinking. They're thinking about the year ahead. I also need to do that, meaning I shouldn't always live in in, in the here and the now and, and, and wanting immediate gratification, right? It, it, it helps them to even go beyond forward thinking. But when you invite conversations and, and pray over that, it helps them to be have an eternal perspective, uh, which yeah. is really important as well. And, and those are things that we want our children when they leave the house to have for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the impacts that you've noticed when you started doing that? Because, you know, you're, you're talking about future planning and vision. And as we know in the Bible, those people that don't have a vision per- perish. So there's those sorts of things. And, you know, when we think about different seasons of business, we know the different seasons of life and there's certain seasons in in life where we do need to plant more because that's just the planting season. And then there's a growing. And, then, and so that happens in business as well. What are some of the things that you've noticed that perhaps some of the chi- your children have taken that to their own lives as well, planning around school and things. Have you noticed that that has kind of impacted their their personal lives as well? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, I have my oldest daughter, Cambria, is 13. Parker is 11 and, and Eleni is, is nine. So uh, there we, we kind of feel like we're in the golden age of parenting. We're not wiping high knees, but we don't get a whole lot of teenage angst either, which is kind of fun. Uh, but our oldest, who's 13, is going through this kind of difficult homeschool curriculum over this past year. And it was a challenge for her to start. But one of the things that she did to kind of gain peace and confidence to attack that program well is she sat down and planned out the semester a semester ahead of time. She would sit yeah. down and plan out her week a week ahead of time. And these are tools and things that she learned, I think, from us going over our ideal year calendar. But also us as a family, every Sunday night, we do our weekly family calendar time. So these are things that she's been able to pick up from us and habits that, that she's seen. But even people like my son, you know, a lot of boys grow up wanting to be, you know, a professional athlete or a firefighter or an astronaut. But if you ask my son what he wants to be when he grows up, he says he wants to work for stewardship. And that's the name of my company because he knows and sees and experiences the real impact that we make on real people's lives. And he's attracted to that. The, the heart that he has for other people and how it's been softened to, to genuinely find a need and fill it. And that's what business is about. But that's also a great way to serve Man, he he is uh, not only attracted to that, but that's what he wants to be when, when he grows up. So there's so many fruits from this that my wife and I have experienced of doing things like this intentionally for the last 15 years. Yeah. You know, as you're speaking and sharing those incredible um, stories of impact for kids, because, you know, then that then that generation can continue to contribute on. And 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 seeing that, I think, from a young child and being able, I just think it's such a gift to be able to give our kids, particularly when we think about many of the challenges, you know, out in the world today, we can, we often feel, you know, how on earth can we contribute? But I, I'm sure, and I'd love for you to share some stories of some of the impact that you're having. And the reason I ask you to share that is because so often, and you said something, you hinted to this earlier on in our conversation, that sometimes we look at businesses and similarly, I think a lot of Christians look at money, you know, money is evil, mm. which is actually not. It's the love of money that is evil. Correct. But, you know, and it depends on the individual and who you are. Are you really centered on God? Because God is about prosperity and blessing. And guess what? When you do the right thing, he will bless your business. But if you've yeah. got an unhealthy relationship, going on there with money and things like that, then you're just going to kind of pull that or push that away. However, you can contribute to the lives of others through the blessings mm. that you can continue to share, but not if you've got an unhealthy relationship going on there. So speak a little bit more about that and about the impact that you're seeing that your business is having on the lives of people that you serve and support. Yeah, I'm obviously very proud of, of the business that I have and, and the work that we've done. Um, we are two-time Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in America, award winners. We have thousands upon thousands of, of five-star reviews from clients over the years uh, that talk about the impact that, that we're making. And, and some of that has allowed me to, to speak on different stages for different associations or at different events, which then give me a stage to share the how and the why I do things, which then allows me to share a testimony of who the Lord is in my life, which creates then one-on-one -on -one conversations with other business owners elsewhere. And all oh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, but I think probably the thing I'm, I'm most proud of is that work and that intention that I've poured in, into my business has allowed me in my own personal life to, to get to a place where I take a month off in the spring and a month off in the fall 
which allows me to have very intentional and focused time with each of my kids and help them grow and, and become the, the men or women uh, that the Lord may want them to be, to, to, to go through different scriptures, different conversations, different life events with them in, in a way that maybe I wouldn't have had I not had some of those intentional actions and things in place. Uh, my wife, uh, her uh, brother was was injured in, in an, a medical accident and, and he's um, disabled and, and handicapped. And uh, over the past year, uh, we recently were able to get a house right next to them. So we're next door neighbors with my in-laws, uh, which then allows my family to uh, be the type of family who who's around to help care for uh, who we call uncle. His name's Daniel. And now my kids are around him and are able to serve him and love him and see mom and dad serve him and love him in unique ways. And that has done something to their hearts and to their lives that I, I could never have done on my own. And it's beautiful and a huge blessing to, to watch the Lord use things like that to shape their lives. Um, sure, I have some of these awards and accolades and business and the impact that's being made on those people's fun. But uh, to be honest with you, all of that kind of falls to the wayside when I get to see the the people that uh, my my children are becoming, which is wonderful. Yeah, and to share with us, Grant, what what um, prompted you to select? I think you said a month off in spring and then in fall, which here in Australia we call autumn. What was it about those particular seasons that you chose? Was it something specific, or it was just something that you you decided that that was what you were going to do? Yeah, after years of uh, doing kind of the ideal year and planning things out intentionally with my family, I was able to better identify when busy seasons are or when slower seasons are. Um, as my business grew and I built a team and was able to pour into them and disciple them, um, I was able to create a little bit more freedom for myself, uh, which then allowed me to kind of take that month off. And I say month off, quote unquote, because it gets me away from the typical day-to-day stuff that I'm doing with business. Again, I like working. I know I was curated to contribute. So I, I'm working on projects most of the time during those months, but I'm doing it, you know, maybe after the kids go to bed or whatever and kind of doing it in the evenings. And during the day, it's more focused time with my family. Mm. Um, it just so happens too, as you mentioned in the intro, I'm a big baseball fan and we like the Chicago Cubs and they come to Arizona for uh, spring training and and play uh, baseball for about a month. So we take that month off and go to those games and spend time as a family at the ballpark. But then in uh, the fall or the autumn, as you guys call it, it's a really great time. Uh, most kids are going back to school. We homeschool and we can take our children to the beach uh, in California, uh, which is a lot of fun during that time as well. It's not something I just like, you know, flip the switch and snap. There I go. We're doing these months off. This is something that kind of graduated. You know, I was... Yeah working way too much. I was sleeping at the office at times, was overwhelmed and crazy busy. And I talk about that story in the book, but we just little by little by little, you know, week by week, uh, year by year, added on to that. And and, and work-life harmony for, for us, we know it's a journey. And uh, we've arrived to a place at that journey where we can take a month off in the spring yeah. and a month off in the fall. It's that's I think so important and what some of the greatest insights I think we can learn looking back you know hindsight is a wonderful teacher so if you um, 
considering that there's someone who is thinking grand, oh, I would love to be at a stage where I could take maybe not even a full month off, but maybe a week where I could just spend. I've heard people that have done that and they've just made that decision and worked around that, made sure that they had systems in place that would enable them to do that. But, but that has allowed them to, you know, spending time with the Lord and, and things just started to happen. And I think we need to give the Lord that time of space and, of course, the children. What would you tell, your, you know, often you can, we can go back and say, what would you love to tell that younger self of yours to get to, to try and get to that place quicker where you were taking some time off? What is the greatest insight that you could share with someone who's thinking, Grant, I would love to get to that stage, that well, maybe say, they could do that sooner than later? Yeah, yeah, I would say two things. Start with a low barrier to entry, meaning don't start even with a week. Find a three-day weekend. Find a, a time where there's um, a holiday on a Monday or, or, or a holiday on a Friday and just completely unplug just for those three days. Now, the second stage of the things that I would tell my younger self or tell somebody who's thinking about starting this is it does take work before that time off and there's work after. So the yeah. best time off that I get is when I am prepping for it ahead of time and when mm -hmm. I do set preparations for it afterwards. I can share a story about it. It was a year and a half ago. I, I took one of my months off and it didn't go well. I wasn't really fully unplugged like I typically like to. I, I didn't have the impact on the projects that I typically do when I'm working at night. And I didn't even have maybe the relational impact that I wanted with my wife or my kids. It, it didn't go as well as I wanted to. And uh, a lot of that had to do because I didn't put in the work prior to. I didn't yeah. put in the work prior to to set myself up for success in that month off. And I also didn't put in the work to make sure I had the right thing scheduled for when I returned. So even if you're just starting with a three-day weekend make or a week off or wherever you want to start, one, take some action. A lot of action is better than inaction in most cases. But two, make sure the action you're taking starts before that time off yes. and you're prepped for when that time off ends. Yeah. And I think one of the greatest lessons that we can also take from that is that you had team and systems and operations in place. So I think that that can often be one of the reasons why um, when we do step away, that when we come back, things have just gone a little bit awry and, and yeah. we end up having to do, you know, two or three times more work to try and, and get back into place. But I love the, the quote that we started, the best intentions require intentional action. So I think in business we should always, and I love, this is something that one of my um, clients said to me yesterday when he was working, now he has his own business, but when he was working for an organisation, he said, my five-year goal was to... Um, work myself out of a job. He said, that's exactly mm. what I did. And that's what we need to also be doing as entrepreneurs, isn't it? How can I work myself out of a, a role, get someone else in there to be able to work in that particular area so that you can focus on other things and get to a time scale where you are able to take that time off. Is that something that were you looking back that, does that that's what you did? You intentionally um, put systems and processes in place that will allow you to step away and team step forward and take over those roles. Yeah, that, that's actually the topic of the first book that I wrote. It was all about building a team and, and having a thriving company culture. Um, it's a really hard thing to do, especially as uh, an entrepreneur, because a lot of the success that you have comes from just grabbing the bull by the horns, if you will, putting your nose to the grindstone and getting it done. And you create a lot of trust. 
uh, yes. in yourself and being able to go get it done. And then that's hard to let go <laughs> and trust other people to do it. And that's a process that, that I had to learn and I had to go through and I had to figure out. Um, but the beautiful thing is not only do you, quote unquote, work yourself out of a job, but the very first time I took a month off, um, I returned and my team had actually broke records. They exceeded their production while I was gone. And, yeah. and it was a wonderful, beautiful thing uh, to be able to watch. Um, and here's probably the biggest thing that I enjoy out of it. And I didn't know I would enjoy this. I sure did enjoy serving clients when I first started and building a business, and that was a ton of fun. But one of the things that I enjoy now more than anything else with my job and with my role as an entrepreneur is ministering to and discipling my team. Not only am I genuinely trying to make them awesome at their career, but if they're not becoming uh, a better spouse, a better parent, a better human being, uh, closer to the Lord, what's the point? And mm -hmm. I pray and I intentionally do things within the company to hopefully make them uh, grow in their life and in many areas. And uh, what a beautiful and amazing ministry opportunity it is, because when you're their leader or their boss, you have so much influence in their life. And that allows the, the Lord to use that influence to have a positive impact if you let it. Yeah, so true. Um, and, you know, of course, your book, your latest book, Work-Life Harmony, one of the ways that will allow us to have that work-life harmony is to have the right support team in place. Yes. Otherwise, uh, as you say, you, you may have a, a wonderful month off, but the month's returning. It may require you to work um, those extra hours, and that's that's defeating the purpose, isn't it? So. Oh, yeah. uh, and share with us how can people find out more about uh, the work that you do and if uh, we pique their curiosity and they're thinking, I think I need to get a copy of that book, what's the best way for them to connect uh, with you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Grant Botma, G-R-A-N-T-B-O-T-M-A. I'm really active in my direct messages, so if people have questions, they can reach out there. I'm posting pretty much every day, and I'm posting about business stuff, whether that, you know, finances or different things. But I am also posting a lot about parenting and my marriage relationship and serving at church and being a Christian business owner, all those things that are part of my life. Um, but you can also read both of those books. You can get them on Amazon. The, the most recent one is Work-Life Harmony. Um, and, and that's the, the one I think that uh, most people are, are picking up right now. But it's funny. It's like people will read that book and then they'll check out the other book too. But if you search my name, Grant Botma, on uh, Amazon, you'll see the books there. Yeah, get both of them. Isn't it? <laughs> both of them, I reckon, because they both, it sounds like uh, it, it's like the first one was the first one and then the second one, now we can lay that over the, the top now that you've got those teams and systems in place. Um, yeah, uh, it's just been such a wonderful opportunity to speak with you today, Grant. One of the things that I like to do at the end of every show is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do that for you today? I would love it. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity that we can speak with Grant today and uh, just hear him share his insights, uh, things that he's learned. Father, we know that there are many challenges uh, in business, but there's also so many incredible opportunities, the impact that we can make, the contribution to our communities and to individuals, to our family members um, through the work that we do is just uh, incredible. And in particular, Lord, that we really can use our work as a way to worship you, bring our excellence 
excellence, bring integrity, and Lord, you know, the impact that we can have and that you can send that message out and the work that we do can really make such an impact. Father, we just pray for your ongoing blessing for Grant and his family, for the work that he is doing, that his book can get into the hands of many people who need to to be reading that so that they can implement the insights and the learnings into their lives as well and have more work-life balance. Father, continue just to to bless him, surround him, and we just want to thank you and uh, bring this all to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks once again, Grant, for uh, coming on the show. Loved uh, chatting with you and uh, thank you for sharing those insights uh, today. It's been a blessing. Oh, it was an honor and a privilege. Appreciate you having me on. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.